Welcome to the Maritime Executives Podcast Series, In the Know. I'm Tony Munoz, Editor-in-Chief. Our Executive Corner Podcast will provide conversations with top executives concerning events and issues that are shaping our industry today. We will also bring you up to speed with the latest news and editorials covered by the Maritime Executive. For centuries, humans have sought to create order in the oceans to facilitate trade, to use its resources, and to govern the conduct of nations on the vast waters. It is no accident that nations fully utilizing the benefits of the ocean find economic and social strength. The governance of these valuable resources has become increasingly important to trade as well as geopolitical interests. Today we'll be speaking to Peter Hinchliffe, who is involved with the first World Congress on maritime heritage, which will be held between the 13th and the 15th of March at the Sentosa Resorts in Singapore. Today, the Maritime Executive is speaking to Peter Hinchliffe, who was the Secretary General of the International Chamber of Shipping. Peter was um, in the British Navy for more than 20 years and served at five years in seagoing command. Uh, he became the, he joined the ICS in 2001 and led sev- several of the uh, ICS representations in on maritime security, maritime safety, and environmental issues at the IMO. Um, He became the Secretary General of the ICS in July 2010 and retired in 2018. He is now um, helping establish the first International Congress uh, for the Maritime Heritage, which will have its first um, meeting in Singapore, March 13th through the 15th. 2019. We would like to welcome you aboard, sir. Tony, thanks very much for the invitation to chat. Okay, very good. Um, Sir, uh, we, you are on record saying that the international or that the shipping community is having an an identity crisis. Um, Why do you say that? Yeah, I I think I did say that, but actually it'd probably be more accurate to say it's a visibility crisis. It's about trying to make sure that the shipping industry has some kind of awareness in the the public mind. And and, and why has this arisen? What's taken place in the international shipping industry that people don't even understand that we bring about 90% of all goods uh, arrives via water, and yet no one really understands the maritime industry at all. Well, I think you've um, hit this exactly on the button. You know, we do bring 90% of, uh, or carry 90% of world trade, but actually the man in the street doesn't understand that. He doesn't understand that uh, the, the relevance of shipping to him in his own life. He doesn't understand how much of the uh, goods um, that he depends on actually are carried in a ship. So I think this has arisen historically because I think traditionally ship owners 
have been very happy to let um, their industry go by under the radar. They would provide this service to the global community, but actually they didn't really want to stick their head above the parapet. So what has changed is not the visibility of the industry in those terms, but the importance of having that visibility. And it's you know, some people say, well, you know, when you think about the utility industries like your water supply or your uh, electricity company, you don't think about the people working in those industries when you use their services. But there's a major, major difference here with shipping, and that is that shipping is subject to international regulation where countries are coming together to formulate regulation at the International Maritime Organization. And if you um, if you allow the industry not to be seen to have a profile in public, then the danger is that those regulations can actually inhibit the service that the industry can provide. And, and that is the issue. That is why it's becoming more and more important to get visibility for the industry into the public domain. What I find interesting is that um, this has become more important in the last 20 years. And and. and can you put a, a can you sharpen that thought? Yeah, sure. I think it's because um, the impact of international regulation has become much more onerous on the industry. Now, now that's not to say that the industry doesn't welcome the regulation. And in fact, the industry rather likes the idea that it's regulated uniformly on an um, on an international basis. But the problem is that um, these regulations now are becoming more and more expensive. And we have to find a way when shaping these regulations that we provide the uh, the impact that the regulation is designed to do, but we do it in the most cost effective way. And the danger is if the public don't understand the relevance of the industry, then the politicians who are shaping the regulations surely don't understand. And then you can get regulation that actually hits the industry far too hard, particularly on a cost basis. So. No question, the um, with some of the regulations coming up in fuel and, and ballast water and all of these things become much more expensive and impactful, and yet the industry is undervalued. Um, what can the industry do to help itself? I think the industry has got to find new ways of uh, messaging its importance and this Congress that we're developing this month in Singapore on the importance of heritage is just one avenue. I think the industry has got to think about how is it going to sustain itself in the future? How is it going to attract young people to go to sea and to work more generally in the shipping industry? And if we don't increase that visibility and if we don't find ways of messaging that, then the industry is going to suffer. I, I just addressed a couple of issues um, about uh, fuels and emissions and ballast water. And, and why uh, suddenly is the IMO really putting, I won't say that, the, put, putting the industry in a bad position of investment, but this really does change all of the dynamics and really puts the onus on a ship owner to, let's say, have the money to make it. Uh, there, there, there's no questions uh, that um, this smaller entity is being overly impacted by this, say, than a Shell 
or a Maersk line or a national line, the independent owner is really uh, feeling the pressure. Can you address that with me? Yeah, sure. I think, I mean, you're exactly right. I think the pressure is um, coming very hard on small owners, but that's not to say that individual ship requirements are any different for the big companies. The only difference is the ability of the uh, of the big company to have some cash in hand to deal with the problem. So, but I, but I think what has happened over the last ten years is that the the focus of regulation has changed quite markedly. You know, when I when I first started going to the IMO in about two thousand and one, most of the regulation we were discussing was about safety or security. Now, most of the regulatory discussion is about the environment, and that's been that's a transition that's happened in the last ten years. And the difference is that the environmental requirements on ships tend to be the ones that are much more expensive to actually address and and that is why we've got a problem today so uh, as we as we speak about the the visibility of the shipping industry and yet we are uh, impacting it with more regulation won't we be less seen won't we be less recognized i mean it just seems that that um, we don't want to poke our head up uh, because there'll be more issues we have to deal with. I mean, we have dealt with these environmental issues for as long as I've been a part of the industry since the 1980s, and they've been growing and growing. And finally, um, a lot of this has come to a head with environmental uh, I, I mean, with ballast water, with uh, emissions, and now fuel, um, really taking uh, the owner back a step or two. Um, what is your feeling about that? Well, I, I think I, I, I've actually lost the thread of your question. Sorry, no, Tony. Can you can you go back to the beginning? It's about the visibility of the industry. Okay, so so yeah, the. Um, uh, you, you said um, we're going to become less and less visible. Actually, I don't think that's possible. I think the industry is almost invisible now. So what is actually going to happen is that um, we're not going to increase our visibility unless we find mechanisms for doing that. And that's why I think that this Congress on focusing on heritage is a really good avenue for actually allowing us to explain our historical background and showing the relevance of the industry and perhaps using some aspects of uh, heritage to help us to shape the future. So this Congress that we're that we're speaking of, in, which will be taking place early March, mid-March in Singapore, its goal is to increase visibility. Um, yet it feels like with the people that are there, um, that we are speaking to one another. Are when? How do we get out front and speak to the general population to let people know that we are there, that we are bringing their goods? I still have many friends who have no idea what it's about. I, I think that's a common uh, criticism of industry conferences, and heaven knows there are too many industry conferences. But but what we're trying to do with this Congress is we're actually trying to broaden the audience, and, and I think there are not going to be that many shipping people in the audience. What we're driving toward is getting some of the people who are possibly impacted by shipping and its uh, utility 
to come in. So we're go we're inviting in a lot of um, students, for example, from disciplines which are not ship directly shipping related. So I'm hoping that the message out of this Congress will be that we are trying to initiate a debate with people that simply don't know anything about shipping. So I think people who are coming to the Congress to take part and are going to be in the panel sessions should bear in mind that they're actually going to be speaking to a new kind of audience, an audience we haven't had before. And I think this is a really exciting part of this Congress. Is maritime heritage, is it a global issue or is it a, a, a local, a regional issue? Um, how, do we, how do we get um these people to understand that the congress uh it its importance is not only about heritage um, but it's also about establishing the future yeah it's um clearly what i've been talking about is a global problem so therefore fundamentally we are facing a global problem and we have to solve it on a global basis. But the advantage of addressing it through a Congress like this is we're actually going to use some of the regional um, heritage examples to show how we these um, local heritage uh, examples are actually demonstrating how heritage has helped to shape the industry that we have today and how perhaps we can move forward to to use some of the lessons that I think we're going to learn out of the Congress to help to solve the global problem. So what are the main features of the Congress and how will how do you perceive that it will help uh, develop the sense of heritage within the industry? Yeah, basically the Congress is in two parts. The, the first part is an opportunity to have a lot of panel discussions about a number of subjects and, and for example these are um, about the global economy, about sustainability, about cultural diversity and about governance. So and these are not, I think the other interesting aspect about this Congress is that it's not um, a load of talking heads um, giving lengthy presentations. This is about panel discussions where we're bringing people together from very diverse but related parts of the maritime in the broadest sense to have a discussion and to try to engage with the audience in these discussions to show some links that I that probably they won't have even thought about in the past or hopefully they won't have thought about. And then so that's the first part. The second part is about um, really focusing on the regional aspects and having opportunities to discuss regional um, heritage issues and regional solutions and then bring them into uh, the final section of the conference, which will be trying to learn some lessons. And I hope taking this forward into um, a future Congress. We hope this will be the first of many. When we speak of ocean industries uh, these days, um, are, are they connected or what exactly are we speaking about with ocean industries? Uh, what are the roles of ocean industries with uh, global trade? I think um, one of the problems, and, and this is not confined to the shipping industry, which is why I think there is a broader debate here about ocean industries, is that actually many of the industries that in some way use the ocean are not actually talking together. I think the, the World Ocean Council is doing a brilliant job at bringing together so many different um, apparently unrelated uh, ocean users, so I'm thinking about undersea uh, or ocean floor exploitation, 
cables, undersea cables, the fishing industry, the shipping industry, the oil industry, oil exploration, um, some issues about the Arctic and what's going to happen in the Arctic. And, and I think it's really essential that these separate industries get together and they share their problems and the solutions that they're developing individually, because I'm certain that we have a lot to learn. As I say, I think the World Ocean Council is doing a lot, but the audience there is um, is a little bit small. So what we're trying to do here is enlarge that audience. So who do you perceive is going to be the audience um, from the Maritime Heritage Congress? Um, are we going to have some government representation? Are we going to have, you know, ministers uh, of trade or I mean, who is really involved? with this Congress? Sure. So when you set up a Congress like this, you're always constrained by the um, the country that you're, you're actually operating in. But actually, um, I think Singapore was a good first choice because they have given us uh, very good uh, governmental support. So there will be Singaporean ministers speaking. There'll actually also be uh, an Amani minister visiting the conference and speaking. So there is a fairly high level of government engagement. Perhaps what's missing is um, has been our inability to get um, engagement from governments outside Singapore. But I think that's one for the future. You know, that's one we can address when we pick the venue for the next Congress. Excellent. And um, will the international shipping industry um, be involved? Uh, are there are there um, besides yourself and um, it, it, are there sh shipping industry executives who are sending uh, representatives to this uh, affair? There are a number of um, industry people from particularly we've got um, three of the major classification societies speaking. Um, on various uh, technical aspects of the industry. We haven't got so much um, panel members from the ship owning community, but I'm not convinced that uh, is really a problem. I think this is, you know, it would be a mistake to have this Congress run with a, with a, a ship owner or ship owners in every session. I think the really interesting thing about this is we are taking a very broad um, set of presenters, and I think that's going to really set this Congress apart from the run-of-the-mill industry conference. Can you outline a little bit of the agenda for our listeners? Sure. Well, first of all, maybe I should direct the listeners to take a look at the website, which you can find by Googling WCMH 2019. Um, so take a look there at the program. But um, as, as I said before, um, it focuses, first of all, on commerce and the global economy. And we've got a, a keynote from um, the, the current Secretary General of the IMO. Um, and then a, a panel which is industry and uh, heritage based on uh, the ocean as a pathway to international commerce and the global economy. Then I mentioned before sustainability. We'll have a video presentation by Peter Thompson, who is the um, Secretary General, Special Envoy for the Ocean. He'll be making a video presentation and that leads into a sustainability panel. Um, we then go into some discussion about cultural diversity, which I think brings in more of the heritage aspects. And then I'll be uh, moderating a panel on uh, the ocean as a pathway to governance, where we'll be talking about the development of regulation. 
and that will be preceded by a presentation by uh, Koji Sekimizu, who's the uh, previous ILO Secretary General. So you can see it's um, it's very diverse, and it's uh, it is uh, headed up by some very significant figures. Yes, um, and 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 one of the primary missions is to uh, have conservation for our oceans. Um, we are really struggling with um, debris um, and with um, you know some of the unclean ways that shipping has been in the past. I think we have addressed many of those issues uh, through ballast water, through emissions, through new fuels, but we also need the nations step forward and uh, preserve the ocean. Is that going to be part of the agenda and mission of the Congress? Well, what a lot of people don't understand is that every single impact, possible impact of a ship on the environment is actually already regulated to some greater or lesser degree. So although there's this perception that the shipping industry is, um, is dirty and polluting, actually that is a very out of date perception and one of the things we have to do is counter that. And I think that um, we are winning there and I think there is a greater degree of understanding that actually um, impacts on the ocean are more widely now coming from land-based industry, from uh, litter, particularly plastic ashore, and uh, to some extent from the fishing industry. And and I, I'm confident that that uh, message is actually growing in the public consciousness. And and um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that when we look at the some of the regions in the latter part of the conference, we'll actually have an opportunity to um, bring some kind of understanding as to the impact of land pollution on the ocean. I, I, I would really kind of like to ask you a little bit about your previous role, if I if I could, um, to give some credence to um, your background. You uh, were the Secretary General of the uh, International Chamber of Shipping. When you were there and you just retired last year so your presence there was pretty significant over the years um what was that purpose and how do you perceive um let, let's say your um past moving that group of almost 80 percent of all world shipping forward can you give me a little feedback on you know what condition did you leave the organization? <laughs> I hope I left it in a good condition. Um, I think what's important to say is that the International Chamber of Shipping, or ICAS for short, is an umbrella organization for ship owner associations in the major ship owning countries. So about 36 countries um, have a national association. And if you're a ship owner in one of those countries, then you're almost certain to be a member of that national organization. What, what ICS brings to the party is the ability to take the views of all of those different nations, ship owners, into one position and then to use that position in um, 
in debate, whether it's at the uh, United Nations itself or many of the UN agencies, but of course, particularly the International Maritime Organization and the International Labour Organization. So um, it's a powerful uh, lobby organization. I think it has an extremely good standing, uh, particularly in the IMO and the ILO. I think governments working there understand that ICS will always work with its members to look at the objective of an upcoming regulation and try to um, come up with a solution that delivers the objective but um, but does so in a in the most cost effective way possible now ship owners listening to this may say well actually you failed but I, my because some of the upcoming regulation is just so expensive but I my counter to that is to say if we hadn't been there the regulation you would have got would have been a lot more onerous than what you've got today what does from your experience and, and your background and your leadership and and, and on the oceans and, and with shipping what does maritime heritage mean to you it means this fantastic legacy that we we rest upon when we think about maritime trade. You know, we it goes all the way from uh, the first guy who built himself a dugout canoe, and um, and carried some goods from one island to another. And you know, through all of the history of um, the development of trade, this constant progression towards better more effective, more efficient transport of goods. And, and you can't get a more efficient um, transport mode than you have today in shipping. Um, it's extremely cost effective. The cost to the, uh, the cargo owner of carrying goods is remarkably low considering the standard of service. So it's that, um, that's what heritage means to me, but perhaps more importantly, it also points us to where we have to go in the future. You know, you, you already hinted at um, the need to reduce emissions, and I'm thinking particularly of CO2 emissions. So we have a, a strategy which ICS helped to develop with the IMO where we're looking to uh, an industry which will be carbon free sometime after 2050. Um, that is a, a, a massive aspiration, but I, looking at uh, the developments that seem to be coming along today, I'm very confident that the industry will actually deliver that um, carbon free or pretty close to carbon free um, aspect that, um, that seems a bit of a, a high aspiration at the moment. Any last thoughts? Well, I'd like to encourage anybody who's Singa in Singapore to come along to the conference. I think you'll find it different and I think you'll find it very enjoyable. I'm hoping that um, uh, press outlets like you will pick up some of the messages out of the Congress and help us to spread them more widely so that we can look forward to an even more productive repeat of this conference, uh, of this Congress in the years to come. Thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to In the Know, the Maritime Executive Magazine podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next exciting discussion on maritime technology, business, and policy. In the meantime, please visit us online at www.maritime-executive.com for the latest news and views from around the industry.